0: And um, welcome to Dojo
1: Universe for this week. This week we're going to just kind of relax, listen to some music, and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, reasons for which we're thankful to have this music in our lives and so on and so forth. So uh, I think we're good to go. I'm going to play one of my favorite tracks now, and we'll talk a little bit about it. This is from Field Marshal Montgomery's Unplugged album. And uh, this, uh, my friend John Sutherland and I used to listen to this track every day on our way over to the practice hall. So um, here we go. So yeah, that's a um, that is a great, really cool set of reels that uh, uh, that Field Marshal Montgomery played in. I think it would be two thousand and two uh, at the Glasgow Concert Hall. And um, oh, people can't hear me. Can everybody hear me? Okay. Yeah, Carl can hear me. Vince just got to turn on his headphones, I guess. Um, <clears throat> that uh I was actually at that concert. It was my very first trip to the worlds with SFU that year. And um the um the concert was really, really cool and it's just such a great vibe. Um I don't Carl, have you been to any of those uh concerts before the worlds? Yeah. Um I went to the Shots concert a while ago. Um and I went to one other one that uh Two years ago, so I can't remember the name of the band right now. <laughs> but, uh, two years ago, yeah, two years ago. Hmm. Could have been Saint Lawrence or Scottish Power. It would have been one of those. Back. i think it was the Scottish Power. I don't know uh, the uh, the Shots concert uh, in in 2008. Um, that one I quite enjoyed. Um, that one was a little more memorable, I think. Yeah, it looks like Mike was at the most recent St. Lawrence 0201. Um Oh yeah, and then there are tons of piping live events. that. Anyway, the the uh, sorry, I was I was actually um, getting to a point there, which was um, it's a really cool show, not just because the show is amazing, but because you're with um, you know two thousand people who all share the same interests as you, so. The crowd gets really into it and intermission is always like um, extremely long because people refuse to get out of the bar because they're all enjoying hanging out with people and, and uh, you know, connecting with, um, you know, connecting with those guys. So, so yeah, looks like Stephen yeah, is with Bob Worrell as well. So it's really cool. I mean, even if you don't play in a band that goes to the world, man, I would highly recommend just going over there for the week of piping live and it's really an incredible experience and something that I, I look agree. forward to every year. Yeah, I mean, it's Vin, we're kind of talking about, we're just talking about the vibe, because uh, that that was a set of reels from Field Marshall's concert in 2002, and I was just sort of right. going over the vibe that um, that that goes on during these
2: events. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, to, for sure. Uh, Piping Live was sort of a natural extension of what people went through. I mean, the, con- the pre-Worlds concert was like a tradition for years, uh, and it was the gathering spot for any of everybody coming to the worlds that saturday so it was you know it was a who's who you know every concert and um you know and then piping live kicked in and it was just sort of a natural extension of that and then it was just that times <laughs> an exponential increase you know and uh and it is it's it's a great it's a great event it's definitely worth going over i it, it, i almost miss uh being a spectator because y- you get to see so much you know and when you go over and play, you're sort of, you know, it's all business mainly. And you, you, you miss a lot, you know, that's going on um, simultaneous with your efforts there, you know.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it can also be, you know, to a degree, it, it can also become a lot, especially if you are there with the band. You know, uh, it can be hard to be in the thick of things. It can be hard to hard to focus on stuff. So.
2: True. Um, True.
1: So, yeah. So, Vin, what do you have going on this uh, Thanksgiving?
2: It's Thanksgiving. We're staying local. I'm in town. We're uh, sharing a load of cooking for a grand feast tomorrow for about 20 people. It's going to be fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it seems like a lot, but it sounds like pretty fun. My, my wife is over at the, um, the brother-in-law's house. He's got, like, the nice big house, so that's where we're going to go. And uh, so um, oh, yeah. this should be pretty fun. And then, and then my side of the family, we're actually getting together on Sunday. Mm. Um, my family's like uh eh, you could have Thanksgiving any day. So we they're coming out on the Sunday. Yeah, I
2: used to do that. I used to have like, you know, we'd go somewhere, you know, with family on Thursday. We used to travel and it was a nightmare. And then we'd always have like a gathering of friends on Saturday or something like that.
1: Do you have any um do you have any bagpipes involved in your Thanksgiving festivities?
2: No. No, not usually. We
1: don't either. Yeah. How about anybody out there have uh, a uh bagpipe uh related traditions when it comes to Thanksgiving or, or is it mostly like a sort of a strict get together, eat a lot, keep it, keep it, uh, keep it simple.
2: No turkey shaped Haggis's or anything like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, uh, nothing crazy. It looks like, well, um, well Vin, what do you have here for us today? What, what did you bring? What musical bagpipe track are you thinking?
2: So you know, picking a favorite track is impossible for me. I, it's just, isn't possible so you know you think about what i'm going what's what's going on right now and i'm thankful for gordon walker because he always features in my individual piping tracks whenever i'm listening to solo pipers it always ends up gordon walker tracks are always in there so
1: yeah, yeah i know the, the way, feeling way uh, for me it's not for me it's not gordon walker like i i love gordon walker he's awesome but for me it's like if there's a piper out there i'm really thankful for it's got to be angus mccall it's like yeah. every time i listen to angus it's like oh yes there it is I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm I'm so thankful for that.
2: Yeah, I go back and forth between the two of them actually. You know, every now and then it's like Angus I'll be an Angus kick and I'll listen to a bunch of stuff there and then and then go back to Gordon Walker. It's like it's just you can't get enough, you know.
1: Yeah, just it's little... like simple simple pleasures are the best, you know? And uh and then in these guys play it could be the simplest tune ever. Oh,
0: absolutely. And it's yeah. just
1: like uh, I am glad that that just happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm glad that Gordon Walker just played flat from Florida. It just made my day better.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, well, this, this track anyway. I have going is from the 2010 Metro cup. This is a medley, uh, the medley competition, in, which is pretty much a free form medley, but a lot of the players tend to play traditional, uh, straight stuff like March to space and reels in there. And, but, you know, Gordon Walker, he just always got his own, he's got, he's got his own twist on things, you know, and this one, this one's particularly good.
1: Great. Well, and, uh, yeah, so this is the Metro Cup. I mean, can we say a few words about the Metro Cup before we start? Like, uh, uh, I would say,
2: yeah. I mean, the Metro Cup is a, an invitational contest that happens in February every year in Newark, uh, New Jersey. And it's – lately, you know, it, it tends to invite it – basically, it's like Glenn Fittick West, if you want to call it that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's it's essentially very the similar. Same, very similar. I mean, it's a similar cast of characters. You'll see pretty much the best Pipers in the world at the time be playing there uh, Eric Stein runs it uh, will always invite the current gold medal of winners as well um, and uh, a lot of times it's the same folks you see it sometimes it's not like so you get to see new faces sometimes um, this year I think Angus McCall is supposed to be there although he says he comes he wants to come every year but there's always conflicts and various kinds um, but you'll see Gordon Walker will be there um, William mccallum has been coming the last few years Stuart little is there every year usually um, this year, probably, we'll have Roddy McLeod because uh, there's a big um, workshop thing going on as well that weekend, um, as well as some solo contests uh, in addition to the event. So uh, I think Roddy McLeod will be there. See figures like Alistair Dunn and others. So it's, it's a really good event.
1: Great. Well, let's have a listen to a Gordon from 2010. Excellent. There you go. <laughs> it's uh pretty, i'm thankful i'm thankful for that today
2: <laughs> i'm thankful that you see, i am i'm thankful for doublings as well because i think you can't get that kind of coloring without them you see those little sort of touches he throws into the into his playing there he's like it's just like wow <laughs> just little these little decorative elements that just find their way in yeah there.
1: he's just like I could play a higher doubling here, but instead I'm just going to play a triplet because that's, that's <laughs> kind of what, what I feel like doing. And uh, I'll just continue to do that for the rest of the set, like every...
2: Exactly, yeah. I'll just throw that in there every now and then.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, yes, I'm very thankful for that. I love what he did with Lexi McCaskill, and uh, I think the, the piping world is definitely in that kind of phase right now, where... Um, a lot of traditional material is being re-explored. It's kind of like a, a postmodern stage that we're in right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, there was uh, a,
2: there was a trend back a, a while back too, like maybe maybe the early '90s, where pipers were sort of throwing a lot of that stuff, and, and you saw a lot of uh, jig arrangements of stress bays, and and then it sort of petered out, and now you see a sort of resurgence of that now. You know, you've got jigs in real settings of this, that, or the other tune. You know, and rearrangements right. of uh, so it's pretty cool.
1: It's kind of like it's kind of like they keep remaking old movies in Hollywood. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's kind of what's happening in Python. Yeah. So. Is
2: you know, and it's it, it's it's you know, and I don't think you know anybody can really fully grasp the dearth of recordings and exposure that that existed years ago. You know, I you know, there wasn't these days. It, it's like we we live in a, in a in a remarkable time. If I if I can wax nostalgic, because between the videos and the events and the recordings that you can get your hands on. Um, you know, to listen to as a piper it's it's like extraordinary. I, I just, you know, when I was, when I was learning there just, it didn't exist, you know, and, and you had to go find it or, or grab onto whatever you could find. Um, you know, as, it, it was a lot of work, you know, yeah. and you couldn't, you couldn't travel as much, you know, traveling, traveling wasn't as easy. And um, I don't know, it's just a lot easier to get places now. And
1: I, uh, I know exactly what you mean. And, and in some ways I remember, you know, Every time a pipe band record came out, uh, my dad would go, uh, Jim Clough was a local, uh, he was our pipe major, but he was also the local pipe band dealer guy. So we'd always, you know, the pipe band thing's coming out, and, uh, you know, by the end of band practice, we had it, and we were listening to it on the way home. Mm -hmm. I'm almost lamenting that, you know, in a way, I'm I'm lamenting that it's not the the case anymore. I'm not like that anymore. I don't... um, when the new CD comes out, it's not like, oh man, I got to hear that. Yeah, yeah. Um,
2: There's so much of it too, and it's like, and you really, I think it, it's a challenge for uh, the bands and the players as well to, to sort of produce something that's going to add to the to the canon, as if you yeah. will, you know. Um, and that's and that's a challenge, you know. It wasn't back then; you just play a bunch of master space and reels and reel and jigs, and you can release an album, you know. And that's what what the world's greatest pipers were. It was just a bunch of straight sort of solo piping, you know. Um, yeah.
1: And now you can just go on now I can just go on YouTube and I can see all the great piping that Jack Lee has done for the past year or exactly. or, uh, or or the last 10 Gordon Walker Walker Metro Cups back to back.
2: Exactly. Um, exactly. And these guys play a lot, which is which is that, that's what I'm thankful for. These guys are all over the place all the time so you can get those videos and you can get those recordings if you happen to be at those events and um you know I don't think I don't think that used to happen as much, you know. Where where these guys would be out playing all the time. I mean, Donald McCloud was the closest thing you could probably come to an example, an equivalent example back then, because he was he tended to travel a lot and teach and play, you know. And uh, but now it's just that the thing to do. <laughs> like if you're if you're a good player, you're a successful player, you you go out. You're constantly doing recitals and workshops and performances of all kinds, you know.
1: Exactly. Well, um, here's something that you're not going to find on YouTube. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're not going to find us uh, anywhere but here. This is a little bit of a follow-up to last week, and uh, I will dig up the credits for this as this plays, but here are some reels from that Gaelic College CD. That was pretty, that was pretty hot. That's and um, some pretty, uh, <laughs> that's, pretty
0: good
1: that's about as hot as, uh, h- hot as it gets. That was awesome. Yeah. I want to learn how to play piano like Damn. that. Good <laughs> Lord. Um, so yeah, that was from the, um, uh, it's up here on the screen. Uh, the Gaelic college revelations CD, which I think is still available and I highly recommend it. There's lots of cool stuff on it. You know, um, You know, so uh, where was I going with that, having a kind of an ADD moment here. Um, Oh, yeah, most people assume that uh, CDs have to be made by grade one pipe bands in order to be good, and I I think this CD definitely disproved that, and we were sort of talking about that last week, so.
2: Um,
1: Yeah, I love those tunes. Steam Packet, what a good, what a good.
2: uh, It's a great set, really good set.
1: And I think the drunken landlady has got to be the most un- underrated tune ever. The uh, the third part's just that high G pause thing is genius.
2: Oh yeah. Well, there's tons of those little little reels that uh, you know, just I don't know, they just have a lot of a lot of character.
1: Definitely. Well, what's this next track you've got here?
2: This next I've got is um. Probably something you're not going to find in print anywhere. Um, this is probably, if I date myself, this is, this is a band that actually got me jazzed about bagpipes in general. You know, and you, after listening, you know, you listen to competitive solo piping and stuff, and it's, I don't know, you can get it can get pretty dry. But um, once upon a time, there were very few bands sort of incorporating bagpipes into their into their uh, into their sets. You know, and this band, uh, Rare Air, is one of them. Um, this is their, from their album *Mad Plaid*, which you are not going to find anywhere. So this is this is my uh, digitization of my scratchy LP. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Which is uh pretty cool. So they they were actually a really good band to watch live. I mean their albums didn't do them justice. They were they, they were more of a sort of improv, closest thing you're going to get to jazz bag and jazz and bagpipes that you you know watching them live was it was pretty cool shows that they, that they would put on. So. Uh, this is, like I said, this is from their Mad Plat album. Um, and I will type as it plays.
0: My music just stopped. Did your music just stop?
2: Crap. Is that what happened the end? There. <laughs> No, yeah. it just it, it 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 repeats that uh, riff and it just sort of slowly fades out as it goes toward the end. Um, but I don't know what happened there. It's, it's weird.
1: Yeah, Billy was saying during that track that his foot kept going up and down. What does that mean?
2: I don't know some weird some weird virus i think it gets, you know.
1: <laughs> definitely and uh yeah, yeah uh,
2: like i was i was done did somebody put the release gear on there i was i was deliberately avoiding that
1: <laughs> yeah rob has autographed copies of that um that's pretty cool and, yeah they gave like a workshop and stuff that is pretty cool yeah
2: they and played uh, uh they played. used to play the celtic classic uh back in the uh early days of that event, um, they would do their concerts there in the Tent and elsewhere. So it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, there's a it's lot of really Easterners. They were, they were from originally from Ontario, a bunch of them. Played in the uh, the old band called uh, uh, cabra the old cabra pipe band. Uh a bunch of players from that band.
1: Cool. I... Um I really like that a lot. I mean, it's weird. Some of that stuff is totally ahead of its time if it was really recorded uh, almost 30 years ago now.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: Like some of those cool rips, I mean, um, it's sort of beyond, it's almost like, uh, yeah, that particular sort of vibe was maybe skipped over a little bit. and, And maybe we're sort of finally getting back towards that. In, in, mm-hmm. Improvisational sort of style of.
2: Oh yeah, it was totally true. I mean, like I said, their albums didn't do them justice because that that even a set like that would have gone on twice as long and just been filled with all kinds of stuff. They would just keep repeating the riffs yeah. over and over, and it was it was like you just you just got into it, you know? It was really cool.
1: Yeah, the percussionist was
2: wacky He was just completely wacky if I remember. I Maybe mean, you just dance all over the stage. He he'd have like he was playing drums I don't think I'd, I'd ever seen before. <laughs> or yeah. since you know, and he's like whacking them, and he's like going nuts on the in the back. There it was it was it was fabulous.
1: Yeah, great. Well, I mean, um yeah. Who did we see at? Uh, well, you were at Herkimer Irish Fest band. Who was hmm. there? What what was that band? Solace. They were like oh, yeah. not. They were different, but kind of the same. It's just like live. It was just um sublime. You know what they were doing. Yeah, it's really really impressive. And uh, you know, it's a di- obviously I don't want to. Compare apples to oranges, but but I, I understand what you're getting at with uh, live act just being yeah, super.
2: I mean, there's really there's just two tunes in that set too, you know, and they just they just keep you know working it, you know, and, and just throwing in different rhythms and um, you know just sort of lifts and dips there. It's 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 pretty cool.
1: Um, yes, so uh, shall we go on to the next one?
2: Sure. Um, <laughs> 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 <go>. Thanks, Billy. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so Billy's been very supportive during that last track, then. So <laughs> special thanks goes out to him today. And okay, the next track I'm going to play this is actually kind of an interesting story. I just sort of saw this. And um, uh, it, when I was at uh, the Invermire College of Hyping in 2005, um, I offered to teach a little class just about computer. Recording and then also how to play around and make interesting music using the computer, and I had a little class that got together, and we ended up making a track based on the mist-covered mountains, uh, and and I sort of mix it all together in my computer program, and we um, uh, and we made this little track that we played at the at the concert, and so that's what this one is, and so basically. We've got a bunch of different people coming together with different instruments and different ideas, and we sort of mix it all together to make this track. So I just kind of found this and uh, wanted to play it. So uh, shall we see what happens? Sure. Yeah, so that was a that was uh, nice. fun yeah, I remember that project. It was fun, you know, like we just got we uh we got various people in that little room. It was just a just a dorm room, you know, we set up a microphone and we were like, "All right, just uh, you know, play something cool." And uh and then we got some clappers together. We got like th- those sort of timpani sort of sounds. were actually just tenor drums that we tuned up to to be at the relative pitch we needed it to be and then uh um um I'm just starting my webcam back up here. And then uh so they kind of jammed out on those there's a bass drum in there obviously. I wonder I see. maybe I vaguely remember Mark Dubois being involved. Definitely Ian McCarg was was a big part of it. He was playing the whistle and I think he was at least one of the small pipe tracks um that we laid down. Um we had a couple of people do some voice stuff. Um Joanne Joanne Scott played the pipes and then I think at least one class is in there playing the practice chanter too. So we, we took all these pieces and we sort of made this miscovered mountains collage there, which was, um, I don't know, kind of a fun project. And um, it actually seems suitable for today's show just because Invermark was such a big part of my development as a piper. So that's definitely something I'm very thankful for.
2: Cool. Um, yeah. And it's, it's important to do it. I think, you know, you think about it, like, you know, you're teaching there regularly now and, you know, you sort of giving back to something that sort of gave a lot to you as well. You know, I think this is the time of year where we think about those kinds of things. You know,
1: definitely. Um, it's easy. It's so easy for those things to go unsaid. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, and it's also difficult to say. You know, um, but uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a, a, a Japanese practice called Nikon. Nikon. Nikon.
1: An oh, the, that's it's like a camera company.
2: No, not Nikon, <laughs> but it's a practice of a uh, self-reflection where they—I think you—you you ask three questions daily about you know you, your life, or even a thing or a person. I think I have. You have. I think it says, "What have I received from what blank? What have I given to blank? And what troubles and difficulties have I caused to blank?" And it's sort of like just a a momentary sort of pause to think about those kinds of things. And
1: How do you come up with the blank?
2: Well, you fill it in. That's your blank. That's that's the reflection part. You have to answer those questions by filling in that blank. What have I given to, it could be a person or a thing. What have I, you know. Um,
1: now, so do you, you, do you it, pick one topic a day or do you?
2: I don't know. It, it, could be, it, could be, it could be, you could do that. You spend a period thinking about a specific uh, thing in your life or think about a th- certain person in your life and reflect on those things uh, for a period of time. even it could be just the once a day. It could be for a week. It could be as long as you need to, really.
1: Yeah, that's very cool. Um,
2: so, you know, in our, in our case, it would be, you know, you could easily put bagpipes in there, right? What have I given to bagpipes? Um, you know, what have I uh, received from bagpiping? And what troubles and difficulties have I caused to bagpiping? <laughs> or maybe your own bagpiping, perhaps. Um, yeah. So... Uh, you know, I mean, we, we have a tendency to dwell on the negative, don't we? As you know, just modern life sort of dwells on especially in piping, it's such a negative reinforcement. It
1: can thing, seem that way. You know? It can certainly seem that way although although all of the people in my piping life that I'm most inspired by and who I try to, I try to be the most like are those people who are extremely positive and that is, you know, um, and there are several people in my life who are like that. Donald yeah. Lindsay is the first person who comes to mind just on the topic of Invermark. I mean, that is his legacy is Donald um, doesn't necessarily immediately have all the answers to every piping problem, but he approaches everything from an extremely positive point of view, no matter what the situation is. And I think that is what, uh, that is what you know, I think that's his main, uh, if you could boil it all down to that, it's like, you know, he, yeah. he keeps piping positive and he does as much good as he possibly can in every bagpiping situation. So yeah.
0: um,
1: and then um and then frankly, you know, um Jack and Terry Lee are very much the same way. Um Jimmy Gilvery was always the same way. Like these these major people in my bagpiping life, um, you know, uh, they're s- extremely positive people. And and yeah, on a day to day basis, sometimes you can get caught in the negative. You know, sometimes I yeah. um, sometimes I get to a band practice and I'm feeling negative. Um and uh Sometimes things don't go as well as you'd like them to, but you can always sort of um, – I don't know. You always have these role models. And, and one of the interesting things all my role models think, have yeah, in common it, is, is at the end of the day, uh, they're, they're always extremely positive, and they find the best, most positive solution. So.
2: Right. And I think that's where you know, it comes, becomes important to have a regular practice of reflection like that where gratitude features in there, um, You know, not just once a year like Thanksgiving, but – you know, on a regular basis, you know, once a day. And there was a, there was a study I read about uh, from University of California, I think, where they did a study where um, one group was told to reflect on positive things that happened that day, and one group was uh, told to reflect on three, you know, a certain list of things that, uh, that negative things that happened to them. And a positive group did much better on uh, a variety of measures where they, you know, they exercised more, they, they, uh, they interacted better, they, you know, it was just a whole host of psychological things that they they just did better just because they spent time thinking about the positive things in their lives that happened that day, not just yeah. you know overall, but just in the course of a day. You know,
1: totally, a- absolutely. So, um, oh, guest, the original guest viewer. I'm thankful for instructors like Ken Eller, John Recknagel, Sandy Keith, and Brown. Um, yes, and uh, that's awesome. They influenced. His or her decision to keep yeah. the habit up, um, yeah. And and I'm with Carl, right? I mean, yeah, pipe, at the end of the day, even if I had a, have a even if I have a bad day or a bad practice or something, uh, piping has improved my. It's sort of defined my life, and I think it definitely improves all of our lives. And and so, um, definitely. So whatever happens for me is, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, anything could happen, but I'm gonna keep piping because. Um, it's fun, and it Absolutely. makes me. It it doesn't necessarily make me a better person, but it, it certainly seems that way. Um, mm. You know, a lot of, all of my values come from uh, come from people I've met while piping, or either that or through piping. You know, so.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, well, it, it, playing any kind of music, you know, really sort of lays bare your your personal foibles. I think, you know, when you as, as you work toward it, every every aspect of your personality comes into play and one way or another, and you're forced to, to reckon with them, <laughs> you know, and uh, they'll either hold you back or move you forward, you know, depending on how you deal with them, so.
1: Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I have one more track that I'm going to play, um, just uh, a track that came to mind as something that's really cool, and it's it's one of the tracks that definitely got me into piping, or it's definitely one of the, the tracks I remember from early on, but then we redid it, so um, the first track was from Simon Fraser University's. Silver Anniversary Tribute CD, um, and then what we did was, uh, when I I was actually in, I'm actually in this track, I, I played the violin part or the viol. maybe I was a viola, I don't remember. But anyway, um, uh, there that was what the part was called. It was still bagpipes, but um, but I remember. We, so they brought this back into the repertoire, and we redid this s- semi iconic track. So this is from the uh, On Home Ground. I want to say. Uh, uh, a few pipe bands on home ground, uh, I think volume one. So, uh, we'll just have a listen to this, and then I think that'll sort of be the end of the show for today. So, um, uh, so thanks very much for I coming, everybody and everybody, have, Thanksgiving. Have, a, yeah, have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, eat way too much, uh, as long as you promise to be thankful for it. That's that's all I ask. Um, <laughs> You can't, eat, you can't eat a lot and not be thankful for it. And then, and then on Friday, I hope you proceed to eat a lot more. Um, and don't forget to take advantage of the, uh, of the dojo 10% off everything sale going on until Sunday. So make sure you, you uh, capitalize on that. We'll be waiting for your order.
2: You can yeah. work it off by playing more bagpipes. That'll be, That's that'll right. be my way.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> yes, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. And here's the last track of, uh, of the day.